Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to your weekly Corner Spatey. Um, I, myself, Nick, am joined with Rob and Kieran. Hello. And we have a special guest from uh, Germany for Bernie, uh, Claire. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for uh, reaching back to us so quickly because <laughs> uh, I panicked after Iowa and was like, we need to do something about this because uh, we... Uh, as Rob was saying off air, it's always kind of the thing of like, how do we go about then U.S. topics, but then try not to make them U.S. focused. And I think that this, uh, yeah, offered us like the perfect opportunity to like, you know, talk about this movement in the U.S., how it's internationalist, how, um, you know, what the democratic primary means for Europe, the left in general and whatnot. And uh, yeah, so thank you for coming on. Before this, the show notes just said pregnant Sonic 2020 and a lot of question marks and me just circling that several times. So this, is, this has been a Hail Mary in terms of like actual good content. So I'm happy with that. Uh, so Claire, why don't you uh, tell us what is Germany for Bernie? How did it get started? And generally what it does? Sure. So Germany for Bernie is a political group. Um, it started actually as Berlin for Bernie last year around the end of May. Um, basically, there was a podcast event, actually, that was hosted in Berlin, and uh, it was used as a kickoff event for Berlin for Bernie. And there's this great tool called the Bernie Map, where you can just go on the Bernie Map and see all the events that are happening across the world. So it was on the Bernie Map. A couple of people in Berlin saw it. They went to the podcast event, and then they said, okay, let's start organizing and yeah, since then, we actually went forward to create a German-wide movement with Germany for Bernie. So kind of the idea was that we're now acting as some sort of a Dachverband. So we can help local groups throughout Germany to set them up with resources, with our experience. Just so basically they don't have to start, you know, by scratch. And we can help them with all of that. And yeah, as of now, the group in Berlin alone has almost 100 members. When I joined the Telegram group back then, we were five people. So we've really grown and we're here to, yeah, help Bernie's campaign from Germany. So what, like, for people um, invested in the 2020 election, what events do you have? What are the steps people can take, um, whether they're a U.S. citizen or not a U.S. citizen, um, to, I don't know participate in the election? Sure. So, okay, first of all, if you are a U.S. citizen, we really encourage you to vote. So the first thing you really have to know is that there is a global presidential primary. That means... I did not know about this. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> okay, so that's actually crazy because I also didn't know about this yeah. before I started organizing for Bernie, which is really weird because I'm a political person and not even I knew about it, you know what I mean? So, like, you really have to know there's a global presidential primary. In Germany alone, there are 30 different cities that where you can go and vote between March 3rd and March 10th. Um, as a U.S. citizen, you can also donate under berniesanders.com slash donate, which is also something you can do from, you know, wherever you are in the world. Yeah, I highly re that's what I've done. Anytime you're mad, anytime you see something that's like, mm -hmm. just take a deep breath. You probably have an email in the last 12 hours from the Bernie campaign. Just click. <laughs> Asking $2. for 270 <laughs> It can be $27, whatever you have. Just do right. it. You will feel at least a little bit better. So yeah, I'm guessing we can talk more about the primaries afterwards. But yeah, for non-Germans, you should know that it's totally legit to volunteer for Bernie. So for example, in Berlin, 
We have a bunch of events in which you can partake. Um, what we do every Sunday, every single Sunday, I kid you not, is we phone and text Bank for Birdie. So in that way, we support the campaign on the ground. Um, so basically what happens is you can just join us wherever we are having the event. You bring a laptop, you bring a headset, and then we teach you how to do it. And then you reach out to voters and tell them, hey, vote for Bernie. Um, also like it really depends what I, yeah, what I want to say about the phone and text banking is it's super easy. A lot of people think, oh no, I have to come up with like, they think there's a list with numbers and they have to come up with talking points. No, chill out. You do not have to do that. You're just going to have texts with your name. And then depending on the task of the campaign, you're going to do whatever is needed at the moment. So like the night before Iowa, it would be something like helping to get out the votes. So you're going to send people their voting locations and you're going to tell them at what time they have to be there and stuff like that. But it can also be spreading the word about an event that Bernie is having in wherever, you know. So, yeah, it's really helping. Yeah, and just to clear, clear up, so I, have, um, I haven't been to one of these events, but I'm registered to text myself. You can do it online, too. Just you watch a little video, you take a quiz, and you're in. You're mm -hmm. in then you get added to the Slack. There's memes in the Slack. You'll feel <laughs> part of a nice community. Um, I just want to clarify a few things. You don't need a, like, I have a German phone number. Mm -hmm. you, you're not getting, like, whatever, 50 cents per, like, fee per text for texting to the U.S. It's all done through Slack and through this... Um, spoke. Spoke, yeah. Yes. This, I guess a plug-in in Slack. I don't know what to call it. Exactly. So it has nothing to do with your personal information. If you do it, nothing of yours will be out there. I mean, depending on which first name you put in, it will have your first name in the initial text. Like, basically, the initial text always starts saying, Hi, my name is Claire. I'm a volunteer for the Bernie Sanders campaign are you in for Bernie or something like that how'd you get this number <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people yeah, do I, ask how yeah. you got the number but um you also don't have to have like a prepared answer for that because there is a canned response so you can just click on it yeah so, so that scenario here you've made someone incredibly angry where do we go from there <laughs> well I actually yeah. about that I want to like talk it through because if you're anything like me well all right I'm a native English speaker and I already get a little anxious like I, it's, it's good to, isn't this some sort of uh, technique? You've got to visualize the steps, you know? And especially if you're not a native English speaker, you think, I'm going to sound weird. I'm not going to, like, I don't know. It's not going to work. Someone's going to be like, no, fuck off. No, <laughs> that won't happen. You get, you, you get into the app. You sit down. You get, you get a batch of new texts. Mm -hmm. You send them out. Most won't respond. Or some won't, won't respond. And you get them back, and you have a group. You can ask for help if you don't, you know, don't totally. know. But if you're not comfortable calling, just in the text, you take your time, write whatever you want. I mean, within reason, it's all being looked at, and there's, you know. <laughs> right. Um, within, you sign a, you will act like Bernie, I think they say, in the, um, in the agreement. Um, yeah, like in any case, you really don't have to be afraid of doing it, especially um, going back to our group in Berlin, for example, we have a group that is really has so many people of so many nationalities. So there are also a lot of people who say, I don't feel like I should phone bank if I have like a German <laughs> accent because people are super aware of foreign interference all of a sudden. I mean, it's fine if Trump does it, but if anyone else does it, mm. they get freaked out. So to those people, we say like, we don't care. We're not going to pressure you into making calls. You can text. And the thing about texting is also, um, you can take your time like there's no time frame in which you have to send the text so you can take your time to look up words you can take your time to look up facts and it's actually there's no pressure behind it mm -hmm. and if you come to one of our events there's always someone there to help you anyways so you really don't have to be afraid 
And um, this isn't just Germany, as far as I know, right? So I, exactly. I have no Germany for Bernie. I've been to at least one event. I was at the podcast launch event last year. Oh, cool, um, cool. <laughs> um, but Some what small other, podcast <laughs> I've never heard of. <laughs> what what yeah. other countries? Um, I think we have, we have a lot of listeners in the UK and the Netherlands, mm -hmm. Ireland. Okay, so yeah. actually the Bernie Abroad movement is really, really large, um, which I'm sure it has to do with the fact that this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to have a candidate like Bernie Sanders again that's going to have so much support. Mm. But yeah, you definitely should check out. There are so many, like in the European Union or in Europe, we have a France abroad Bernie group. We have people in UK. The UK group is also huge. Yeah. And there is also a huge Scotland group. There is a big group in Austria. I think in Vienna specifically. Then there's an Italy for Bernie. There's a Spain for Bernie. The Spain people also have pod, uh, podcasters. <laughs> they have phone bankers and text bankers in Valencia and in Madrid. And I think also in a different city. Um, then uh, aside from Europe, there are people in Australia. There's a really, really big group in Canada. And, hmm. you know, like you can find certain groups all over. So what I suggest you do if you're anywhere abroad is just honestly go on Facebook or go on Google or go on Twitter and just type in whatever your city or your country for Bernie. Right. And you will find something. I promise you, you will find something. And if you don't find something, guess what? Then send us an email, make your own group, and we'll help you get set up. Because you also don't have to wait for an existing group. Like, this is all grassroots. This is all volunteerism. So if you have an idea, just start doing it. You don't have to wait for anyone. Nice. But that said, you have a huge international community that's already there to support you. So you really don't have to start from scratch. We have all the ideas. We have all the resources. So that was yeah. I was. It was good that you mentioned like the international aspect of it as well because uh, we do have listeners all over. I was just thinking of our like one Serbian listener that I talk to on a regular basis that was like maybe there's a Belgrade for Bernie group. And then I was thinking about what's the American population that lives in Serbia like? That feels very cursed. <laughs> you know, after Sarajevo, I just fell in love with the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I really noticed that people are super surprised because like, I think the Bernie supporters, they're everywhere. They're all over. They are there, I promise you. You just have to find them. I know that they're there. And the thing is, once they found like at least one or two other people, then they're going to sit down and phone bank with you. And the thing is, you don't really need a lot to do it because as we just described, it's super easy. You only need your own uh, laptop and internet. So you can also just start doing like small phone bank parties in your own apartment. That's how we started in Berlin. All of our phone banking events were in like a private apartment right now. Our movement is too big. We can't do that anymore. Yeah. But you know, it's like you really don't need a lot to do it. Um, my question is, which country is winning? Like, who has the most <laughs> Bernie support? Okay, actually, actually. Oh, oh okay, yes. Okay, okay. Get so messy. Uh, okay, there's this tool. It's called um, PB Bernie, and P you can... P Buttigieg Bernie. Oh, my God. <laughs> triggered, triggered. Before Bernie. Okay, I'm leaving now. Thanks for having me. Okay, back to facts, please. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, there's this PB Bernie tool, and it's for phone banking. And you can create teams, and then it records how many calls every team makes. And then it's actually pretty cute because there's a map, and you can kind of see, like, colors shooting from one country to the other when they're making calls. And it is a fact that Germany for Bernie has been, like, the best calling team so far. In the end of the, at the end of the, uh, of the election, they win the pizza party. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it has to be vegan pizza because we're still in Berlin, right? Oh, yeah. 
But yeah, no. Um, uh, but other than that, other groups are doing great as well. Like I know that the UK is very active. France is very active. And the phone banking thing is also not really the best measurement because a mm -hmm. lot of people are texting now. Yeah. In 2016, there weren't so many people texting because there was this feeling that phone banking is more, I don't know, important or better. But, you know, like both is equally important to the campaign. Yeah. Well, I, it, I that definitely like goes down, at least the way that then I, I see it, is like um, kind of that like, American style of, of how like polling is done and stuff like that's always also like done through landlines and whatnot. Like I think that there's like a massive like apprehension up until very recently of like using cell phones and whatnot for like doing this stuff. At least that's how like like I always felt because I feel that like Germany's like mm -hmm. slightly better at that when they do like measurements. Really? Of, yeah, like measurements for like polls and stuff like that. They contact people like not only on landlines, which is mm -hmm. like really weird that the U.S. is still like it was kind of the whole thing like leading up to Iowa is like why were all these polls so weird? And it's like when you looked at like the at least in my opinion of looking at them like the data of how it was done it was like oh yeah we just called people up on landlines it's like who still owns a freaking landline <laughs> we know? call right. people who still exclusively have cable and TiVo <laughs> yeah like, oh, no. like <laughs> using AOL still yeah. like um, so why does this matter we can say so I'm obviously invested in the US election right. as a US citizen um, I don't care about any of you corn eaters <laughs> explain why I should care so what um, and I mean we talk about this on the podcast too, we're an English language podcast based in Europe talking about a lot of um, international movements, let's mm -hmm. say. So why should, what's your pitch for why people should care about uh, the Bernie campaign in the US election from wherever they are in the world? Okay, listen, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's a simple fact that if Bernie's not going to be the nominee, the next president of the United States is going to be the wacko we have in the White House now. His name is Donald Trump, and he's going to fuck up our entire planet. Mm -hmm. um, the reality is also going to be that there will be families separated. There will be kids in cages, you know. Um, the planet's going to get fucked. People are going to die because they're underinsured. And people are going to live on the streets. Um, all these things, um, democracy is crumbling. And it is important for the entire world to watch how the democracy of the country, you know, that is so so present for everyone. It's just important for all of us to put an eye on that. And in terms of climate change, Bernie is really the only candidate, the only candidate that will do anything. There was just a report on like a report card for candidates on climate issues and Bernie was the only candidate who got an A. You should all look at the Green New Deal. If that does not convince you, then I honestly don't know what will because this is the most progressive plan for to tackle climate change that has ever been you know like presented by any politician and what the u.s will do in climate change it will have a huge effect on all of us on all of us and it's the same when we talk about war it's the same when we talk about trade you know it will make a difference for europe if we have a progressive man like bernie sanders in the white house or if we have even another dem mm. but another another dem would never make it because none of them are going to win against trump yeah, no absolutely not um, we were saying before we started recording that Bernie signed on to the DM25, Yanis Varoufakis' Green New Deal. Uh, we've talked about that on a previous episode. Um, but there's definitely an international aspect to a lot of these um, mm -hmm. yeah, solutions that people are talking about, yeah. whether it's a Green New Deal, whether it's, um, I guess not, I mean, not uh, healthcare, but healthcare is absolutely part, part no. of the push for healthcare is an understanding of like looking at yeah. 
I don't know, a lot of people in, in the U.S. will look at Europe and say, you know, because they say this is never possible, and they say, yeah. well, it's possible there, so... Yeah. And, you know, this also what, gives what you... What are you hiding from us? <laughs> this gives you a very special viewpoint and opportunity if you're someone from abroad doing campaigning for Bernie Sanders, because you can say, for example, you know, I moved to Germany because I can't afford going to college in the U.S., mm -hmm. and that's why I had to come here. You can say, you know what, something happened to me, and I just went to the hospital, and they saved my life. And you can tell people, look... I'm seeing that these things work out. Like, there's no reason why it should not work in the wealthiest country yeah. in the entire world, you know? So that's a perspective that you can really bring to a table that someone cannot bring to a table who has only lived in the U.S. for their entire life and that has been brainwashed by the fucked up media that they have. So in that sense, you know, I think that's a really good viewpoint. And I do want to say again, it doesn't matter which nationality or citizenship you have. You can do all of these volunteering stuff. It's totally in line with FEC guidelines. The only thing you're not allowed to do if you're not a citizen is anything involving money. So you can't donate to the Bernie campaign. Not, you know, like you can't donate at all. Um, you can't work for money and you can't give anyone money for them to work but if you volunteer your time what's anyone going to say you can talk to people about your political opinions mm. you know yeah and i i mean this definitely like, kind of going back to then the thing with the uh like as rob mentioned with the dm sign-on thing that that bernie did like i always do feel that then like bernie is the only candidate from really either party i mean there isn't another candidate on the republican party obviously but who then does have this you know internationalist outreach that is like widely respected amongst like different groups of the left mm -hmm. and um i mean i don't see you know bloomberg or Buttigieg or even elizabeth warren who's like you know at, at one point was like touted of being progressive. like progressive yeah. yeah but there's no i mean given we talked last week about this weird like you know europeans for pete thing but it isn't like an actual movement and it really isn't people then who are um you know uh, uh um i mean i'm just thinking about all of the you know international leftists who were on that you know the progressive international thing that Bernie's a part of and how that's like actually taken as like a serious move from them and Sanders of being like, this is bigger than us. Mm -hmm. And the idea then of like, you know, kind of like seeing that, yeah, whatever the United States is doing dictates a lot of Western policy, if not policy throughout the world and how then, you know, having a candidate like Sanders, having a person like Sanders in the white house, like obviously there's going to be, you know, some bumps in the road with the establishment of the just how U.S. politics works in general, but still, like what that push could then do of having Sanders would mean for then, you know, things like uh, uh, yeah, Green New Deal, obviously potentially foreign policy. Like, what would U.S. diplomacy look like under Bernie Sanders? Is probably, I mean, I can't think of any other Democratic candidate doing something as radically different, you know, as to what has been traditional U.S. foreign policy. I think that that then that speaks volumes for people who are, you know center left left-wing europeans are being like okay like this is a guy that i can at least like somewhat trust in the u.s of a country that then i may not have the best opinion of yeah um i, I there's like kind of two points i, I want to make about this and international aspect of the whole thing because i think it was relatively recently i think it was bernie talking in new hampshire where he talked he asked asked the answered the question about like how being jewish affects his politics and he goes in a speech about you know the um a very good speech about how like seeing stuff from World War II kind of make him made him have compassion for all of humanity. 
Um, and then he goes on to, he does this kind of speech, which I think is very typical for Americans. So he's vamping up in a, in a way that I feel like every presidential candidate does, where he says, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Native American. I, I feel like I've heard every American kind of say this at some, every American presidential candidate say this at some point. But then he ends with, we're all human, rather than what I feel like a lesser candidate would have said, which is, we're all American. Yeah, and yeah. I think that is something that I was gen- is very small, but something I was genuinely like actually taken aback by. Um, the last little thing is, I think anyone listening to our podcast probably knows that uh, the situation on the global stage is: if America tells Europe to jump, we ask how high. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know everyone got really excited when France and Germany refused to go into Iraq, but then. The Juan Guaido thing happened and Europe just felt like a fucking house of cards. But like, yeah, he seems like the president, sure. Um, so that even was... Even like with the, the, the France and Germany, Iraq thing's even funnier because they just funneled things other ways that they could help. So like Germany didn't send troops, but they're like, you know... Well, the mil- like the military attack and... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the, like, I think everyone forgets that like most of the like assault weapons that the United States uses are made in Germany. Like Heckler & Koch is one of the largest, uh, you know, just small arms... Yeah. manufacturers in the world so i mean germany did not stop sending weapons to the no. united states you know i also really love that like jose Borrell, the uh, foreign policy guy for spain has been ultimately very punished for the whole juan guido because he was the like cheerleader of it in europe and then when it ultimately proved that trump got very easily distracted from it he was like, <laughs> all right um off to brussels with you i guess <laughs> you're done in national politics now you fucking idiot uh so that was fun but still, yeah, uh, what happens in the States kind of matters for the rest of us. So until Xi Jinping takes over, <laughs> that's a whole other kettle of Yeah, so where, where do I find Germany for Xi? Like, that's, <laughs> Are you voting for Xi? Good. Conversation <laughs> over. <laughs> um, so I want to second what you guys have said because at a, I don't know what to call it, a structural some people say harm reduction level. It makes complete sense to want to get Bernie Sanders into the White House. Um, it would definitely get uh, a boot off of a lot of people's necks, and especially around organizing uh, and, and creating any kind of different future. Like uh, literally, like actually a boot off their neck. Yeah. Like, I get, like I don't think that we can even speak of it like figuratively in a lot of, I mean, like in my home state, that is a massive problem that people, and it was a problem always of, you know, ice and whatnot, but it just being on the forefront of the discussion now is, I don't know, like, yeah, I mean, it is very apparent, like, in, in this sense. Sorry, go on. I just wanted to say that. Uh, the only thing I want to add is I think a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, understandably so, are skeptical either of electoral politics in general, are skeptical of anything going on in the U.S., <laughs> you know. Um, this I definitely understand a kind of anti-Americanism. Um, all I want to say is that What's unique about the Bernie Sanders campaign for me is even beyond what a campaign literally is, a movement in order to get votes, to get somebody into, to become president of the United States, for better or for worse, uh, politics, as broadly defined as you want it to be, revolves around elections in the US. And anyone who, if there's ever an opportunity to think differently, you know, short of some full-scale war or revolution, it is around a presidential campaign in the United States. Oh, and this is a revolution. (laughs) I mean, there are different definitions of revolution, but if this isn't a great political revolution, then I don't know what is. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, because people are thinking differently. This is hard to, if you're you're not living in the U.S., if you're online all the time, I understand you have a different perspective of what 
you just it's it's hard to tell what what uh, people are thinking you know in their day-to-day -day lives i can just speak for myself personally the 2016 campaign and all the events surrounding it definitely changed my life and how i would i wouldn't be here without without that uh, i know that's true for a lot of people so it's not just the fact that bernie it's it's when 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 he, he talks about not me us when he talks about mm -hmm. this movement whatever you think of the role of the commander in chief of the united states it is a movement in order to whatever you want to call it raise consciousness to change the way people can think to change an idea of what's possible and it doesn't end with the iowa caucus it doesn't end with the new hampshire caucus it doesn't end with hopefully bernie winning the nomination of the presidency it's an ongoing thing it is something that is um yeah it's it's a it's a it's a movement in motion and you can be part of it and you can help expand it and make it what you want it to be, think it can be, and yeah, mm -hmm. what? Yeah, just like, I mean, exactly pointing on that, because like, you know, 2016 changed everything. It changed the game. And I I think that the most telling point of this is that we have people like, um, you know, uh, AOC and um, Elon Omar now who were, who were birthed out of that, um, you know, political revolution that then happened in 2016, although it like, you know, failed um, with the end game of getting Sanders to be the nominee because of, you know, the, you know, just the outright corruption within the DNC. I don't think you can't really call it anything else. And, but like that, I'm like, just imagine then if that happened in that sense, like what that, what that push is then going to be for then the next round of people then who come in, you know, who um, probably couldn't have ran, um, as successful of campaigns and given, yes, they're small, you know, low, like, like, you know, the way that you are elected into the House of Representatives is much different than obviously president, but still nonetheless, that you had this movement birth out of, of, you know, this is the thing that always really bugs me when everyone's like, oh, you know, Bernie's an old white man. It's like, well, he's not, like, his values don't obviously stand for that. Like, his values transcend his identity and it, you know, it, it transcends then, you know, whatever you traditionally want to look at U.S. politics about. And it inspired a lot of people to get involved who are now in office. And just like, just to think that we could even do like, you know, next time around, I don't think that then it'll, you know, become, I mean, hopefully we see that then if and when Senate becomes president, that then he puts the right people into positions um, and stuff like that, you know, with his mm -hmm. cabinet and whatnot. But it, it can legitimately change, like, the, the future of the U.S., and especially with just, like, how, like, the U.S. is just transforming as a country, whether it be de demographically or whether it be, um, you know, its place in the world. Like, the U.S. is not where it was 10, 15 years ago, and we need someone like that in order to, you know, maybe not make it all, you know, proto-fascist hell, like we're seeing it. <laughs> what America needs after its collapses the world global hegemon is a Putin-like figure. It's a word for Russia. Definitely none of the politicians in the Duma have... Oh, sorry, okay, I'm breaking the bit for a second, but I found out recently that no one in the Duma currently has been east of the Urals in like 10 years. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they just don't know what's happening over there. Hey, if I can just add on to what you were all saying right now, the not me us slogan it's not just a slogan you know like it's it's really a movement and a feeling and it's really about fighting for someone you don't know and that's really and i also think that transformative is really a good word to use in this context because that's what we're doing we're trying to transform the way that politics work and a big part of that is that bernie doesn't take any corporate money and you see that other candidates who have pretended that they would go down the same path have not gone down that <coughs> path and and you know 
That's such an important thing. And this like not this fighting for someone you don't know, this is like a thing that you can also do in Germany. If I can just like say we have, for example, groups in Stuttgart, in Leipzig, in Dresden, in Karlsruhe, in Munich, like there are in Potsdam, there are actually groups all over where you can find that you can find and participate with them. And um, I also want to encourage you, we have, okay, so I said before that there are 30 locations in Germany where you can vote in the global primaries, 30 in Germany alone, and some of them even have two different dates. For example, in Berlin, it's March 3rd and March 8th. And uh, we made posters to get out the vote for Bernie for every single of those locations. So if you live anywhere in Germany and you are happy to put up some posters for us, please, 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 please write us an email to mail at germanyforbernie.com. We will send them to you even. You don't even have to print them out yourselves. We're so desperate for your help. <laughs> so please just contact us if you want to help in any way and we'll send those posters to you and help us get out this damn vote. Last time participation was so low. It was like three in 10 people voted. And this time, what's and Bernie won the nominate the like yeah. delegates with like I don't know like seventy nine percent or even higher I don't know it was a high number but this time since we don't have a Clinton uh, Bernie situation we have to fight for this vote it's a bit more in the global primary so I really wanted to emphasize that again we need all of your help for that yeah I think that that's like a a, a perfect point because I wanted to briefly just talk about I know that this is U S uh, a U S issue but just the uh, the the tactics of what the Democratic Party are trying to do to make sure that Bernie does not get in is so just obvious now because the Clinton thing was always like there's like an air of like oh these Bernie people just are, are just conspiratorial you know they don't mm -hmm. they don't understand how politics work because a lot of them are young and this and that and that and then now just all the info coming up just like you know John Kerry just openly saying that the DNC needs to work <laughs> to not to not get Bernie and then now we're seeing then Iowa was that the big Biden event in Iowa yeah <laughs> God, God grant me the confidence of John Kerry that's all I'll say yeah <laughs> I mean like like I mean just you see this just I would like, wash these fools <laughs> but you see this just like absolute mask off moment of like yeah we did 2016 and we'll do it again if you make us you know <laughs> and just seeing that now tom perez stepping in and just being like, well, we have to re-canvas now it's like you you don't like mm. uh, you like very clearly and i think just the beauty of seeing this all just unfold on twitter of people who are volunteers at the things being like you clearly messed up the data on purpose yeah you know tom steyer got no votes in this county you know the first time I, around and then just magically ends up with a bunch of delegates i, I personally am enjoying the like almost death cult like status that the yang supporters are taking now they're just like yeah. bernie won fuck you yeah. our guy didn't get him we're wrecking the system too yeah and it really like and it, it really you know the effort that then that's that's really refreshing is then seeing people within the bernie camp just not having it at all because we went through that once and how like this for me like kind of um was you know af after iowa was in the thing of like oh shit like yeah, I, I, I should try to get involved somehow. And regardless of how tiny that is, like the last thing that I want, and again, yeah, not not me, us, that definitely falls into it. Like, you know, I can be a part of something bigger. Um, and I know for Rob, it's probably the same as also being an American, um, is that there is maybe a little something that you can do in order to then prevent this time of just absolute fuckery. <laughs> like, I, I have no other word for well, it. Well, that's the thing. So I think a lot of people have a latent sense of, you know, I'd love things to change, but it just can't happen for whatever reason. Uh, and maybe some people pointed directly at the, the DNC. Some people pointed at, you know, it's, it's obviously all part of a, a, a system, you know, whether it's um, money in politics or whatever. But that can be a very depressing thing, and it might make you not want to try. But the it's Bernie, really daunting. The, the Bernie movement for people, again, maybe, maybe, this is, maybe it doesn't for you. Put yourself in someone's shoes. 
and how Bernie, for a critical mass of people, maybe enough to win the nomination, I think so. I think so too. Feel like, like, it's not a sense of despair when people do this, it's emboldening. It's, we see that something is working, we see that there is a change that's going to happen because if you push on a door and it starts to go, what is that it's, door it's, the DNC? It's a, sense, <laughs> it's a sense of it's a sense of possibility, you know. And I think that that's what's so key here. Mm-hmm. That there's a there's a, the, the strength in numbers. That there's a collective sense that anything is possible, and that anything is up to us, to every single person who's part of the movement, to define what it is. Yeah, and the fact that the movement is so big and that Bernie has the most volunteers ever, and I also I really don't think that any candidate ever had so many volunteers across the globe. Uh, it's so inspiring because like, if we have our phone banking events, for example, or any other event, we have a bunch of events, you all just go on our website and you'll find them. But every time new people come and they see our group, they just feel so much better. It's almost like, especially if you're abroad and you kind of feel disconnected because you're political and you want to do something, but you're somewhere else. It's just so nice to find this community of people who are fighting for the same values and that really gives you a lot of strength. And it's the same actually for the people who are on the ground. We just had someone for our, from our group going to Iowa to knock doors for an entire month. And he was talking a lot to people about the abroad, abroad movement. And it really inspired them and it gave them so much more energy because they were seeing, see, even people like in fucking Germany and everywhere else are doing stuff for Bernie. So like everyone is inspiring each other constantly. And it's like a really fascinating thing to be a part of. The um, Yeah, this one, the, the international caucusing thing is really inspiring and also very um, interesting to me as well because you can tell a lot about like what Americans are like in that country. For example, the Iowa caucus in Georgia mm-hmm. backed Bernie. Um, Georgia, oh, the country. Yeah, Georgia, the country. Yeah, yeah I saw the. I saw their like their yeah. uh, their victory thing that they had. Like they made uh, a Georgian uh, pizza. No, 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 no. They made they made like Midwestern style pizza with Georgian wine. Oh. Yeah. Do you don't know what Midwestern pizza is? No. It is it is cursed. Is it like anything like Chicago? No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. I don't even know Midwestern. <laughs> Midwestern pizza. pizza is just this like it. You couldn't classify it as pizza in any other part of the world. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's it. You have to look it up. I don't know. Fair I enough. see. I see photos of it a lot. Like because it ends up like the uh, the dudes from uh, 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 Street Fight. Yeah. Always kind of like will post about it, and it does not look edible. <laughs> but they're like, this is so good. This is so. <laughs> but the the one that I thought was incredibly telling and lined up exactly with how I imagined Americans in that country is was the Iowa caucus in Paris came out for Warren. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, all right, all right. You managed to make it work in Paris. Fuck off. <laughs> so let's shout out those links one more time. Um, if people want to text, you can text for Bernie. You can call for Bernie. If you're a U.S. citizen, you can donate for Bernie. All those links will be in the show description. Anything else? We'll have a link to Germany for Bernie. Yeah, please go to germanyforbernie.com. Write us emails. Go to. We're on every single social media platform you can imagine. So no matter where you live, even if it's in another country that's not Germany, we're happy to help you. Like it really doesn't matter where you live. Just reach out, and we'll help you. Is there a TikTok? <laughs> Actually, no, we don't have that one. So I kind of oh. have to draw back on my statement. Okay. <laughs> most Again. of the most of the the social media platforms. Were you listening to Claire? Be the change you want to see in the world. I will make. Yeah, go ahead. I will make the Germany for Bernie TikTok. It'll just be me. As the Germany doing for Bernie social media person, I would love to have you do that. So. <laughs> 
And Aaron, you can edit the videos with all the cool TikTok music. I, I genuinely have a proposal, which is if you're Irish and listening to this, phone bank for Bernie. Get them to get you, get them to get you to exclusively call Massachusetts. <laughs> Swallow your pride and just say when they say they're Irish, just say yes, yes, you are. <laughs> So then Italy for Bernie only does New York then? Yes, yeah, cool. this is my new strategy. <laughs> um, and if you, are a, if you live in a country other than the U.S., remember, whichever country wins, you get the most foreign aid. Uh, the Bernie campaign will like you. <laughs> if you didn't text enough, we will remember. We have receipts. Consolidation prizes, whoever phone banks the most gets Bernie as president if he doesn't win. <laughs> I mean... Not bad. I would take it. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Yeah, thank you so much, Claire, for coming. Um, vote for Bernie, everybody. I see these kids come to me with tears in their eyes and they say, Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Hi, I'm 9-11 truther Jordan Peterson. But I'm not watching the 2004 classic Loose Change. I'm donating to my favorite European socialist podcast, Corner Spadey. Go to patreon.com slash and donate just for five or a month and you can listen to them break their brains while watching Boondock Saints, my favorite film. Anyway, did you know that no feminine chaos dragons, they all called in sick that day? Uh, investigate Tower 7, goodbye! Ooh, well, that's enough talking about America for one podcast. Um... We will now talk about, uh, here's a transition, the Iowa of Germany, which is Tuingen. We have nothing to back that up. It just seems uh, right. It, it, it feels right. It, yeah. It's slightly better than my theory, which is it's the Czech Republic of Germany because it's kind of the same shape as the Czech Republic. <laughs> <laughs> but then in my opinion, yours is better than. Mm. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, okay. So a lot of you have probably already heard the news. Um, a lot has actually changed in the past few days, so let's run through it quickly. Um, last year, like three October, months ago, four yeah. months ago, yeah, yeah in October, yeah, yeah. Um, there was the local elections in the state of Turingen in Germany, which in Turingen is a smaller state. It was a, probably the second or third smallest, I would say, in terms of population. It's in East Germany, but yeah, yeah. it doesn't have Dresden or Leipzig or these big, um, I guess, Jena and stuff. Anyway, it's, it's, it's somewhat of a smaller state. It's in East Germany. And there's a relatively large Afde. Well, I think Afde got 22, about like over 20% of the vote. They came second. They came second. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tuingen is also known because it had a red, red, green government, specifically with Die Linke as the biggest uh, party in that red, red, green government, a guy named Bodo Ramelo. We talked about him actually when we did the episode on Die Linke a long time ago. Um, he's definitely more on the conservative wing of the party, uh, in Die Linke, but yeah, th they were in government. Yeah. So the last election happened in October, and Die Linke continues. I mean, they, they got the most seats again, something like 20, there's 90 seats, so I'll just go by seats because that's what I remember. Yeah. Die Linke got 28? 29. 29, yeah, and then Afde had 22. Yes, Nailed so the, the, the issue being that the red-red-green coalition is no longer a majority. Yeah, uh, yeah. by like two seats. Almost like two seats. every coalition. Okay, so across Germany, there is a... Um, I was looking this up. The Germans don't really say this, but in English, they say it all the time, a cordon sanitaire, that yeah. there is no... <laughs> that the off day will not be cooperated with um, 
on any uh, level. You're saying Germany does not uh, negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. Germany, <laughs> fascism, Germany does not have anything to do with that. No, no. <laughs> Which is an admirable, I would say, I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, the position on the podcast was, well, hopefully they really believe that, but I'm not holding my hope out that no. uh, groups like the CSU and the CDU, I mean, there was already a rightward shift within those parties since the AfD has gotten into the parliament on the national level. Yeah. Um, but It's also very easy to say that you won't cooperate with them when you aren't like in a position where that's the only feasible government, if you want yeah, to be. Yeah, well, this yeah. is, I think, the only main one that, that's popped up recently that was that because I think that then, you know, you know, just talk about the elephant in the room, that is the left-wing party being the biggest party in Turingen and that there is in my opinion, always much less willingness to cooperate with them than there would be with, with, with the right-wing party. Yeah. And as we saw on, uh, what day was it? Wednesday? Last yeah. week? Yeah. That kind of were right in a very confusing, you know, weird parliamentary system of just how these votes are allocated, yeah. how you don't have to necessarily win a majority, but you can still then, you know, yeah. So, uh, go. That sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Like, uh, the Iowa of, uh, um, okay, before we get to that, I just want to finish that there's no, it is definitely kind of a mess uh, with the results because if, if you're just not, like Iowa, if, <laughs> <laughs> see, the theory is building. Yes, <laughs> if no, you're not absolutely right, if you're not working with the update and some parties, I don't know if they formally announced it, but usually the CDU says we're not working with D-Linka, in which case there's basically no, majority. they announced that in November. Yeah, there's no majority government that can be formed. I think the only one, if you take CDU not working with D-Linka would be D-Linka, SPD, Greens, and FDP, which the FDP also, said that they wouldn't do either. Yeah, that so there's no majority, there's no path to a majority government. Um, so this was always hanging the hair, uh, hanging in the air. I remember when the election happened, people were like, "Okay, well, <laughs> we'll see what happens next." Um, the this past Wednesday, we said um, they had the vote within to to form the coalition or to pick the I, I don't know all the parliamentary president proceedings. Yeah, they were picking president their. Of Minister President Thuringia. In I'm, my brain is broken. <laughs> whatever it's there. called in English. I don't think that states like German states should generally be translated into the English language. <laughs> I, like, I, why I, is that a thing? No, my new radical opinion is they shouldn't have names anymore. They should all just be numbered. <laughs> <laughs> this is state number four. <laughs> all right, state That's number four. Very ordinary. Um <laughs> So Bodo Hamelo. I think he had, with the red, red, green, he was getting something like 42, 43 votes to be the minister, the president, uh, which is not an outright majority. Again, there's 90 seats. And there was a mix. The off day had a candidate who was getting some, you know, all the off day votes. There was one other candidate, I forget. There was the first selection, no absolute majority. Second uh, election or vote, no absolute majority. On the third vote in the Turingen parliament, you don't need an absolute majority. You just need a relative majority. And on the third vote, all of a sudden, Again, Bono Hamelo had about 43 votes. There are 45 votes for one, uh, Thomas, his name? Yeah. Thomas, no, I forgot his last name. Kemmerich. Thomas Kemmerich from the FDP. Yeah. So out of nowhere, FDP, which has five seats in the, in the Turing Parliament, their candidate for president gets the relative majority. And this is only possible with almost every single member of the CDU, the AFD and the FDP voting for him. Mm -hmm. And then all hell broke loose. I mean, this yeah. is, yeah. 
Um, I posted a meme. It did kind of well. <laughs> I'm very happy about that. That's the real story here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this basically said, and there was a lot of like cover-ups like, oh, how, how could this have happened? Like, they... It, what happened? Who's the who's the who's the Tom Perez of Tuning? <laughs> well, well, people were pointing out like, well, this was not discussed before, and they didn't know that was going to happen. And then slowly over the next few days, there's been uh, things revealed that uh, Kemarech got even asked uh, Christian Lidna, another favorite on our podcast, for uh, permission, I guess, or like, like, sir, may I get votes from the AFD? <laughs> permission to engage with the fascists, sir. Um, <laughs> So they definitely tried to skirt around that issue, like, oh, how did this happen? Uh, some of my favorite reactions were from the youth groups of the FDP around the country who were like, well, this is a big surprise. How did this happen? No one saw this coming. I, I, I liked Guy Verhofstadt's um, taking to Twitter because he's like, he's basically still the head of the like European grouping that the FDP find themselves in. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, and he was just like, Oh, don't do this in our name. Uh, I just kept tweeting at him at the time that like Ciudadanos, the like Spanish equivalent party, like marched lock and step with Vox in Spain, being like, "You did this like four months ago. <laughs> do you not remember?" I feel like he doesn't really know what the liberal like the liberal party in Germany stands for because after the German elections, he was already tweeting like, "Oh, congratulations to the liberals in Germany," and it's like, "Ugh, stop!" Yeah, no one. Like, I feel like I should know? follow him on Twitter. Like, oh, he's hilarious. And oh. The reply guys are even worse because he's just like it's just like a bunch of pictures of him photoshopped with a Hitler mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there, there are a lot of like, wow. okay, yeah. so like I am I. Anyone who listens to the podcast knows we love to make fun of Giefer Hofstadt and yell at him. All of his response are UK gammon being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you represent all the evil of the EU. There was one time when he was talking about like, uh, like one country, there was some weird stat that like recycling was up and he was like, this is great. And then all the comments were like, you want to turn Europe into Xinjiang. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you, you have to cut this if my accent is bad. Okay. <laughs> if. Or... Oh, I've been listening to Corner Spatey. They say you look like a melted candle. <laughs> they say you look like a Ken doll that's been put in the microwave for two minutes. <laughs> You're right. Your accent's horrible and it's staying. Yeah. You're not getting that cut out. Yeah. Um, the, the, I, I do legitimately think that like the youth wing of the FDP was sincere about them not knowing because they also tweeted out about their own party being like, this is dumb. Like they they yeah. they even knew that that was bad. Like unlike the uh, uh, um, you know the weird you know, uh, 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 like the CDU, CSU, like youth groups are just like openly more right wing than their par uh, counterparts yeah. who are in parliament. I just think that the FDP's youth organization is just like literally just like young entrepreneurs who are just like have no idea about politics. Like, like uh, young Christian Lindner? Exactly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh my God, I hope there are like a lot of YouTube videos to be made from those people. <laughs> there, yeah. Uh, so, young, uh, young Christian Lindner is, a, is a definitely probably a deep cut that we need to get into. I'm just wondering what was going time. through Christian Lindner's head when Kemenich made the call and was like, sir, may we do this? And he, I think, because Christian Lindner thinks he's like such a boss, like, you know, I'm the only one, like, uh, we also talk about... I'm the only one with a black and white Twitter profile picture <laughs> with stark contrast. <laughs> Look at the contours on my face yeah. and weep. I think he's just like, this is this is what politics is. Now the big boys are in charge, like working with the off day. We're working with one Bjorn Hooker, which we will get to. Um, very sad man, Christian Lindner. Okay, I, I want to get to the reactions, but we have to 
take the story up to today, a lot has happened in the past four days before we get into the reactions of um, the, the left, you know, I would say the, org the, the people on the ground, the or organizations, the political establishment, CDU, and some of our favorite uh, German personalities. So I would say, like when it was announced, a lot of protests were announced tonight, go out, a lot intoing and two, which is good to see. Um, I was a little resigned, like this is gonna happen eventually. This is my uh, pessimistic American, you know, with Trump as his president talking, maybe. Mm. Um, that was certainly my feeling. I would say I've been surprised with the reaction. Kemenich stepped down almost immediately. Now, legally, he can't, he can't formally step down, so it's some, I, don't, I was reading with the articles, but then my brain starts to hurt when I read too much about uh, German um, constitutions. <laughs> um, so something like he's still, he, he's still the president, but he's not acting his role as president, who knows. Um, that he stepped down and there was, there was a, a backlash against the FDP, um, specific, especially the FDP for pulling this off. I think the CDU didn't get quite enough backlash considering they have way more seats yeah. in doing it. Yeah. The off day, I mean, everyone, most they, people... They gained popularity <laughs> after? Like, yeah, the yeah, poll yeah. the next day was just, I, I'm assuming that one person who was just like, mask off, like, well, yeah, like, I'm no I'm longer part of the FDP anymore. <laughs> like, you know, this is cool. They were acting presidential one night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Say what you will, but this is the day Bjorn Hooker became president. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally, like, launched missile that, is, that is the thing that then, I mean, like, the, the, the best reaction then on that Wednesday was, um, I forget her name from Die Linke, just gave the biggest fuck you to uh, Kemenich, who just she just threw the rose like the, the the bouquet down and just walked away with no handshake, nothing, pimp move. Um, but uh, the uh, Kemenich and uh, and uh, Bjorn Höcke had some really uh, cutesy moments too. Like afterwards, like there was um, uh, one of the funniest things too that then also happened after that is that immediately after that was declared that he was president, um, he then says that he's and also kind of like going deeply into that how much the left is worse to these people than, than it is working with the AFD is that then he said he was going to donate his entire uh, salary to the victims to the victims of Stalinism, which then the dude who is the head of that is the head of the is, is one of the heads of the AFD in Turingen. And it's <laughs> <laughs> just too good. Yeah. Oh, good. Would someone who was working with the off day give money to the off day? Checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think so. Okay, so just again to bring it up to the present day, there were a lot of snapshot polls. Um, Christian Lidna is having a vote of confidence, vote of no confidence, whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. um, that thing that I heard about in Star Wars that apparently is a real <laughs> we, thing. We don't have actual parliamentary procedure in the US. This is all foreign. It's vote of confidence, whatever that means. They both exist in Germany, <laughs> actually. It's yeah. a different thing. You know that um, thing that they do in episode one? Start right. yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I've seen various polls that have D-Link way up, FDP way down, nationally intoing in, there's kind of a mix, but there definitely seems to be a backlash um, to breaking this, again, quote on Sanitea, around the off day. Maybe it's because of the touring and off day in particular, which we'll get to in a moment, but I am it's pretty hopeful, actually. Uh, if, if we recorded this podcast a couple days ago, I definitely would have felt differently. Uh, I definitely sympathize with people who looked at this. I think a lot of people did have. It's different for every person, but you know, there's just something in the news or in elections that you see, and they're just like, what is, like is this really real? Like, and if, if you're like woke, if you're like, I've been around the block, like I know how, these, <laughs> I know how politics works, you can kind of look at that with a sense of like, like, oh, look at how naive you are or something. But I lived in Germany for six years. And I have no idea how the politics <laughs> here works. So. But I think, I, I think a lot of people did have that feeling like, 
oh, like, you know, these, <laughs> the FDP and the CDU, like, they're not, they're not on our side. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think for a lot of people, actually, there is this kind of suspense. In Germany, maybe more internationally, that there's going to be this breaking moment of the AFD working with one of the more like establishment conventional parties. I, I remember when the Bavarian regional election happened, they thought that was going to be it. That this because of the rise of the Greens, the CSU will kind of be forced to work with the AFD. Yeah, but the AFD doesn't have as much of a stronghold in Bavaria as That's they do in other places. That's what actually happened. Yeah. But beforehand, everyone was like, this is the moment when it breaks. Yeah, and I think it has to do with the sense of like how like just the political economy of Bavaria doesn't really allow a party like the AFD to exist. They're all rich. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, the AFD, the, the AFD does much better in areas like, I mean, the East, obviously, just because they're, they're poorer and because of austerity that then has been particularly just like, um, you know, uh, se- not, not secretly, but happening very much under the, like, like if you look at them, like, as we've talked about before, is that, like, East Germany is very much like this kind of, like, proving ground for German neoliberalism that then has been just continuously, like, just pushed under the rug of that it's, like, this success story. But in reality, when you start, you know, peeling back the mask of it, yeah. Um, like no capital is really kept in East Germany. In what's the what's the the really good quote from like the Left Review was um, in the GDR there was uh, poorly poorly maintained buildings filled with people in uh, post unification there is really well maintained buildings at completely empty. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and I think that that that, that like like like. Uh, 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 Illustrates it perfectly because also in like the West, like where do we see then the AFD, the AFD having uh, some of it like its strongest um, turnouts is like cities like Duisburg and whatnot that are part of this like post-industrial German thing. So there is like I do think that there's a material reason behind not or not only like there is obviously people who just want to be racist, yeah. you know. But if, if you were to capture uh, this phenomenon of uh, East Germany after Die Wende, it might be or in in terms of uh, economics, it might be one. Thomas Kemmerich, Kemmerich, I keep saying his name wrong, because he is from Cologne. He went, to, he moved to Turingen, I think he was so he in, could his, be in his 20s. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of opportunity, big things changing. Well, that's like, walk that's down such a big FDP <laughs> mentality. Yeah, of, well, because oh they talk God. about like, I'm just a smart businessman. What he did is he moved to Turingen and took over one of the many, you know, state businesses and made it his own. And then he's like, I built this from the ground up. I'm a, I, just know, I just know economics. The presidential parallels, they're clearly there. Yeah, for sure. But also in Bavaria, the other thing is they already have the CSU, yeah. and they're already pretty hardline conservative. I think yeah. they just also have less need for the AfD and the racism within a party. <laughs> yeah, and I think it is, too, that then like the CSU, unlike the CDU, is still very much like tied to some sense of like a social welfare state thing that the CDU has been like divided from. And the AFD doesn't have like a clear plan for it as well. Like like when it does come to social issues in terms of like healthcare, like the, the city whose plans are always like a little bit more like, I don't want to say liberal because they're not, but they have like a, I mean, obviously probably comes down to like just the sense of how wealthy Bavaria is. They don't line perfectly up with the CDU, but at the same time, it's nothing that then like people in Bavaria are going to want to get rid of just to then join the AFD. Like the, mm. the, the racism thing they have, they have taken care of, but the AFD doesn't have answers. Like the AFD, like economically is incredibly neoliberal like when you start peeling back then who is part of their party and where they get their money funneled from and then when they had like i mean they've changed their economic plans multiple times that then is just like really like pro-business and should actually the the anti-euro party exactly yeah and then they just stopped doing that you know because they have like the thing of the afd is that they were they were kind of just forming themselves around 
you know, the tide of whatever was that day. And then just the racism thing was the thing that really picked them up. They were always kind of like inherently racist, obviously, but that was like the anti-immigration stuff was like their, you know, like, you know, thing that, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Nick made a good argument for why the FDP, I think throughout German history, the FDP and, you know, kind of the sister parties or similar movements in Austria, for example, they're quite flexible. Like they, by virtue of them, I mean, that's part of how capitalism works, by virtue of being, yeah, we're just the party of liberal economics. In the same way that capitalism is very flexible and can, t- and can turn into fascism and can turn into these other forms, the, the, the FDP themselves are like, well, we're down to, you know, we can do that too. We can do that. We can take it. We can do it this way. We can do it that way. You know, if you want to do the more off day approach, that's fine with us. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit of oversimplification, but I think that that's the dynamic of the party. In the CDU, I mean, we talked about how in Bavaria, the CSU is, I mean, it's the, it has more of a foothold there. It's a longer tradition. There's a movement within the CDU, Werte Union, yeah. which is, it's mostly a youth group, you were saying? I I, or I, just a, 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 a you know. It, a, it, it is a pressure group. I think they have older members, but like, um, Amtor, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, Philip Amtor. The guy who looks like a turtle. Um, yeah, he's like, because he's what, the youth face of the CDU, even though he's like, uh, is he like what age is he? He's like, I want to think he's like, because youth, when you're talking about conservative parties, is always like a completely <laughs> different benchmark. It's like, look at our youth wing. The maximum age is 48. Um, yeah, I mean, people make this joke a lot, but like conservative youths, like, how did that happen? How did you get like that? He's 27. He's 27. Who's that really fat guy in the CDU who looks like he's 48, but he's actually 25? <laughs> I, I can't... Because I remember I showed you guys the picture of him, and he was just like, this guy's 25, and everyone was like, no. You're not talking about Philip Amtor, are you? Not Philip Amtor, the other one. Uh, uh, there's another one? There's another, There's another like, uh, wunderkind of the CDU. So, the like, like uh, old man, child, baby, boy yeah, things? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a Benjamin Button situation happening. I cool. just don't know what happened to Philip, to, yeah. to, these, to these conservative kids. I think it's like... Um, Inception, where they fell in the hole and lived like a thousand years in, in ten <laughs> well, minutes. You have it in the U.S. too of us, like, but it's it's like really funny because it's always like a lot of kids who like join like conservative groups and they start wearing like tweed and like smoke cigars, oh, yeah. and like pretend that they behave like a like like a seventy year old man because I think that that's cool. The guy who brings a briefcase to school. Not quite that. It's like a little bit different, but it's like in the same like it's it, it's not because that's like weird and nerdy. And the other thing is like oh like you see I'm cool because I you know I've read Homer's Odyssey in ancient Greek and you know. Like like the Boris Johnson bullshit, you know? Right, yeah, that you know, like it's it's just it's a different type of lame nerdiness. And then they go and like, you know, uh uh they have talks over cigars with, you know, ninety year old men who they yeah. think are cool who are just all disgusting racists and whatnot. I mean I can't talk about weird nerdiness because like you anime could, is not the same as, as no, being a conservative I mean, nerd. I'm one of the lucky ones, but like nine out of ten chances if you get really into the nerd shit I am and you'll turn into a giant misogynist. Just massive. <laughs> Kieran, what does it say about your hobbies? I like women. <laughs> anyway, uh, the point I'm getting at is, yeah, we have uh, vote union. I'm going to say union. I don't know how to do this. So union. Union. Yeah. Union. Union. yeah okay, okay, that makes sense. I get it. You, yeah. break, the sil- you break the syllable in a different way. Unions okay. have layers. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a Shrek quote. Uh, yeah, but Vote Union has, like, they're this pressure group within the CDU that while they, I don't think they are, like, outright stating it, they basically kind of, their members, including Amtor, are more apologetic and more going towards working with the AFD. That's kind of like their whole shtick. Um, they'll 
some will pussyfoot around it. Some of them will be just like, yeah, we need to do that. It's the only way. I think the the way they'll pitch it is it's either that or we'll have to work with the left. I think the situation that's happened in Turingen is exactly perfect for them because they do the equivocation of Die Linke is just as bad as the AFD and we don't want to work with Die You Linke. read that in normal German media too. Like yeah, less yeah, yeah. Like, that's, like that's that's the narrative they're seizing upon. Yeah. 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 Um, and let's just say the, the most obvious explanation, Philip Amtor from Mecklenburg Vorpommern, he knows that if he's gonna get any like power, <laughs> it's with the off day in East Germany. Um, yeah. If, yeah. if you're not working with Die Linke. But honestly, you know, like you were talking about the backlash and how almost fascinated you were about that, the fact that it actually happened. But then again, when I look at the latest information from today that the FDP nationally lost 5%, I mean, where is the backlash? I mean, I, you know what I mean? 5% is not that much because if I think of the it's people... It's a lot when you're only at 5%. That's, I mean, I guess that's true, but... FDP press release. We only lost 5%. <laughs> but no, honestly, think of the people who went into vote AfD. I mean, clearly they also have this anti-European Union sentiment and things like that that are similar to the AfD. But I also think that a bunch of people do not agree with the AfD at all who voted for the FDP. So I was like really waiting for even bigger shit storms. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but I mean, I, I think it just like comes in the sense so that 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 five percent though is a lot nationally for a party that then's already pulled. I mean the the yeah, the, F, the FDP didn't do well last national election either. Um, they were like the FDP has been on like a really funny downhill uh, uh, trajectory after they like put all this like like making Christian Linda into this like you know cult of personality around him who's just horribly uncharismatic. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we have not seen his YouTube videos. I need to. I need. I need. Have you really not seen them? I've seen them, of course. (laughs) Yeah, they're really goofy. But I need to deep dive into them one more time. But you know, like I mean, they. uh, um, What did they pull at nationally last election? Like they were big enough to potentially. Yeah, they were big enough to. Huh? Nine percent. Nine percent. Yeah. So they were big enough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you could say yeah, five percent or sixty-five percent or something of our voter base. Yeah, they were. They were. uh, 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 Like. They were big enough at like with that nine percent to be potentially in talks for the coalition at the national level. Well, the Jamaica coalition, exactly, yeah, and yeah. then they shut it down because Christian Linda wanted these like really bizarre things that you're not going to get with that small of a. Um, uh, um, he wanted control of like finance. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like you're not gonna that like you want to take that away from the CDU. No, like, yeah, over fucking corpse. <laughs> I mean, especially after when they made uh, what's his name the uh, Bundespräsident or not? No, sorry, a uh, uh, presi- uh, uh, the president of, of German parliament, uh, Schäuble. So that spot was open, and then like Linda being like, "Oh yeah, maybe." Like, I <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, uh, don't you dare diss the king of austerity. Yeah. You know, but yeah, the the yeah, I just it's the polls I'm I'm looking at. Have, I don't think I've updated for this backlash. I I think I'm waiting for more of a backlash. I think like Rob was saying for the CDU. The, I think they've done poorly in the Turingen polls that I've seen. Like they've lost a couple of percentage points, making if there was an election today, red, red, green more likely. But that would just be a return to what was there for Turingen for ages, which will eventually fall again. Like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, the CDU had control of Turingen ever since the fall of the wall, practically up until very recently. So the idea of them losing that much of support doesn't seem like make much sense to me unless that support does go to the AFD. But that's just me being like me speculating. But also, um, I guess like the like 
some a, a part of it just like we're not talking about, which is the SPD. Oh, yeah. Like the thing that I'm most always like so. I mean, obviously, in these polls, a lot of Germany isn't talking about them either. Yeah, no, exactly. But the, the thing, the thing that I always just find so funny about this is that like a lot of this could be prevented by the sense of just like the SPD getting the shit together just like a little bit and just being a party that then no one can identify with. Like even after the reshuffling of the polls, like the SPD's numbers didn't change. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's absolutely wild that there's. I mean, given yeah, they they voted against the a uh, the 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 you know pro AFD FDP you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like Judas kiss thing that, that yeah. happened, but um, it's like it was it was really funny seeing a tweet from uh, Kevin Kuna being like, "Now's the time to join an anti-fascist party," and it's like, dude, like I get where you are, but like <laughs> your party needs so much work. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it sucks. Cause I, I I like him a lot, and I really think that then if someone Kevin like Kuna, I'm yeah. more like Kevin Sweetheart, <laughs> am I right? Oh, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I didn't, Sweetheart. I didn't get it. Okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, like the thing that the thing that then is also like really kind of shit to see is that then how like okay, I think he's a very you know, um, he gets a lot of shit from German media for being for the left wing within his own party. But like, I do think that if the SPD like buckled down and like you know took some of his you know his shit seriously, they would be much more like I mean, just the normal German person could probably like you know identify with i mean i can understand if, if people don't want to vote for die linke like I, I i like die linke but for a lot of people that's like oh you know that's that's a little bit too far left for me but at least the spt is willing to work with die linke in you know on a national level on a local level and there's at least like a barrier that like against fascism that like like i do think that the spd at least honestly will never work with the afd where at least with the cdu it's very much up in the air on these city and in, in, in these in these districts cities you know states whatever the hell it is yeah. and i guarantee that then we're gonna see like like um you know because uh, we've been talking about like how the the greens are so popular and stuff like that like their trajectory is not like cohesive like in uh, uh what's it called in baden-württemberg like the, the the green party's far right there compared to other green parties in germany yeah you know so then how does that then funnel into things like can you trust the greens and everything you know like they're, yeah. like are they really going to be like as anti-fascist as they pretend that they are in some states and i honestly think no well, yeah, we're, we, we have an episode planned on that soon. Absolutely, we do. <laughs> I, I should clarify for everyone, it might be confusing because we are citing the polls. Um, there have been calls nationally for a new election, but it, the AfD and the CDU said they don't want to. Well, of course they don't. Of course they don't because they're the second and third highest vote getters um, and they need two-thirds majorities. So there probably won't be a new election. I guess what's most likely is that they will vote again and Kamala will be the, have a minority government. You know, I really wonder a lot about, because I know we kind of got away from the topic, but the young people in the AfD, and now I can't stop thinking of them. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You and like, me both, Claire. I, what, are, what is going through their heads? <laughs> no, but honestly, like, even after, after the fact, don't you, wouldn't you feel, like, totally screwed over? I mean, I don't know, because don't you totally, it's, it's so dangerous to have these kind of situations. And here's a parallel for Iowa here to, for you. <laughs> Iowa, and Germany. Losing, losing the trust in the democratic process. And mm-hmm. then next time going like, why am I even voting for these people if they're just going to do and fuck around and do whatever they want anyways? And I think that's a really, really dangerous aspect of this yeah. entire Turing thing. Would it surprise you that voter turnout in Germany is also uh, just yeah. nose diving like it is in the US? I was about no, it wouldn't. <laughs> I was about to mention that if there yeah because that was the thing that was really interesting because like there wasn't you're right there wasn't a backlash for the cdu within turing or not like a large enough one but it's 
if there was a Turingian election tomorrow, it would be like the Nishtvala, that you would be like looking at the, the non-voters. That would probably, because you're right, anyone who gets dissatisfied with the CDU in Turingian is more likely to jump to AFD. And if they're a no-go, then it's just going to be I stay home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to second your point, Claire, because I think that the parallel for me is that, and this is from a more like, I guess you could say like left-wing point of view, but I think that a lot of, uh, let's say, you're a Bernie supporter or you're just left wing, you look at the, what the Democratic Party did in Iowa and it's a clear example of like, what? They, they don't, they're trying to stop Bernie and they're not representing what they say they will and, and all these things. And all true, all these things are true. But the question is what, what does it get you or what does it do for you in order to point that out? What do, as <laughs> what? we've asked before on the show? And I think that, it, I, I do it too, it's completely, it's, it's cathartic, it's, you, you're like, I'm not going insane here, right? Like, yeah. everyone else sees this too. But I think there's a line between that and saying, like, they're the problem, they, uh, the, the, you know, they're supposed to be on our side, but they're not. And I think you get to a point of acceptance where you say, the elites in the Democratic Party aren't on our side. The CDU and FDP in Turingen also aren't on our side. You can say, you can point out, how dare they? They, you know, they say one thing on a national level, we're not going to work with the off day, and then they do, they vote to. That's one thing, and absolutely, I understand, it should be pointed out, it should be pointed out again and again, but only in a sense that you're, you're reassuring yourself that, that you're not going crazy. It shouldn't be from a place that you're going to force them to, I don't know, like... Well, now that they've apologized, we can work with them again. You know, it's it's not coming from that point of view. It's just it's it's you you need to stay grounded in in what exactly, um, yeah, the point of of how to react to the news. You know, yeah, I think it's like and exactly like a good parallel with Iowa is that then after all that stuff that happened with with um you know the very clear fuckery from the DNC and you know just from all the powers that be you know with the dumb app and shit like that, how then the Bernie community, at least particularly, like, at least what I saw online was just like, all right, like, that's it. Like, you know, we're, we don't need to do this pretend, like, you know, being nice to you guys because you guys clearly don't want this. And I, I, I think that the response to in Germany with that, I wasn't expecting that then twice in one week in the two places that then are, you know, I guess I'm associated with, but just like everyone going to the street was at least like one, a surprise in my opinion, maybe not a surprise to Germans because of the history of the country. But I really hope that that then, yeah, like you said, that 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 this that the reality of then that appearing that there is going to there are going to be people willing to work with the AFD, and the only then response that has to be done from people who don't want that, you know, if you want to be then anti-fascist, is then just say like, all right, that's cool, we're, 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 we we will not cooperate then in these terms, like we will go to the street, and it worked, like and at least in, in in this sense that worked there, and I hope that that like momentum then carries on to the fact of that. Um, don't you dare try to fucking do this again. You know, I mean, yeah, voting is one thing, but there is like a lot of action that then is done to like, I mean, going out to the street and removing someone from office pretty quickly is very impressive. <laughs> you know, like I was not expecting that. Yeah, I will say, you know, unless, unless you think I'm being holier than thou, I did send uh, Pete Buttigieg photos of Stuart Little on Twitter. It's everyone, <laughs> everyone, it's okay. You know, get it, get it out. But another parallel, uh, people who listen to the show probably know that I get somewhat invested in conspiracy theories sometimes. And the point of that isn't that this explains the world. It kind of gives you an outlet of like, maybe that narrative makes more sense than what's going on, but fundamentally, the bedrock always is a movement of people around, around work, around labor, around material things. Um, the rest, whatever keeps you going, I, I agree with, but you know, don't, don't lose sight of like, what the real bedrock of, of a movement is. 
Um, do we have any thoughts about Bodo Hamelo before we turn to the elephant in the room, the off day? No. I mean, he's like... What is there to say about him that we haven't done before is that he is yeah. he is from the conservative wing of his party, but at the same time, it's like he's still like a member of D-Linka. Like I have I I have no qualms with that compared to then you know the alternative, <laughs> which is the alternative for Germany. <laughs> yeah, the um, yeah we uh, shout out because I found a, I talked to a Danish person recently who was like these episodes aren't named in a useful way. I agree. Uh, we did a whole episode about Dilenka and it's called Racist Handjobs. It's a great episode. Go listen to it. Still one of my yeah. favorite episodes. Like Dilenka has like internal problems, especially within like old like like the older members of the group who just like can't like Dilenka. Yeah, did exactly that, you know. And but the thing that I think that Dilenka has done well that been trying to do well internally is like push that you know, the old guard out. However, in turning in, that's not really working as much because, I, you know, whatever, then, like, the... So you'd uh, open the gates to something probably a lot, lot worse? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But yeah. still, like, nonetheless, I do think that then, like, like the, that, that is a problem internally that then has to be dealt with in Dilinka. And I think that then with them being left, like, you know, being left-wing, they're not going to let the casual racism... I mean, like, Sarah Wagner did step down. You know, like, she did get yeah. enough pressure from within her party because she has said, especially during the refugee, um, quote-unquote, crisis... Um, yeah, she had very horrible opinions about it, just straight up. Like that, then that was then the thing of, and I, I do think that that a lot of the stuff that she did, um, really did fuel a lot of the debate of like, see, like D-Link and the a- uh, uh, AFD, like you know, oh, horseshoe theory, horseshoe theory yeah. shit, and it obviously is not true. And then you see the other members of D-Link, and you see the actual policies of D-Link that then were in that time frame, but it still didn't matter because you have the head of the party saying something completely different than what the internal things of the party were doing. Uh, speaking of Wagenknecht, my, uh, my original proposal still stands. She says we need a sober opinion on talking about refugees. I am willing to debate Zara Wagenknecht on refugees, drunk and speaking English. <laughs> so come at me. Um, I think, Nick, you made this point before. Um, like, you can say that parties in Germany today aren't, like, it's not... It's like a bourgeois democracy, fundamentally. Um, but the idea of a party is oh, not that... in fancy words. It's, it's not that everyone this has... friendship. It's not that, it's not <laughs> yeah, that everyone... Yeah, watch with this, like, with this, like uh, the other word that you used earlier about uh, uh, cordon bleu or whatever <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sanitary cordon? I don't know. Now, see, now see, the off day, they're like cordon bleu, all right? They, they, have, the, they have the chicken on the outside... That's, the racism on the inside. That, they got the racism on the inside. Don't worry. You got to cut in to find it. That's just to hide the racism from, you know, the, uh, the media. Um, no, that uh, the, the idea of a party as a structure is one that you can, um, in which that is a actual forum for, that is an actual democratic process. That is an actual way to engage with people who have, uh, you can call them backward opinions on some things. You know what I mean? Like, there's obviously limits. It's always an on-the-ground tactical decision over who's, who's in a party, who's not. But that is the idea that we shouldn't lose sight of. What is a party for a reason? It is true democracy, within which you as a group of people can engage with others and, and try to, yeah, and I do try think to that, make yeah, change. The thing so, that in, yeah, I would, I would rather, I don't know if d works in the way, in, in the ideal way that a workers' party would. Yeah. But... I agree. It, to some degree, I'd rather Bodo Hamelo be in the if if he can be uh, engaged with and convinced. Yeah, 
member of the Linker. All right. So. Oh wait, one last thing. Oh, okay. If you are posting online, if you are one of the many, if you are one of the thousands of Nazbols, uh, I'm posting on 4chan or on Twitter. This is the coalition for you. This then. is right now. Uh, if you're, if you're anyone else, Germany for Bernie. If you are a hardcore Nazbol. <laughs> Buy a ticket to Turingen right now. Fly to Turingen and defend your leader, Bodo Hamelo. He is building. He he will show you the light, and you will live in the world you're dreaming of, Turingen, Germany. <laughs> oh God. Um, so I want to finish here with the, uh, yeah, the the party we haven't talked about directly, which is the AfD. So we've talked about them before on this podcast, our very first episode. If you want to go back and listen, and we've mentioned it. From time to time. But the thing with Turingen uh, is that they are well known within Germany, within the AfD, because for being maybe the most right-wing state-level um, uh, manifestation of the AfD, and that is mostly because of the head of the AfD in Turingen, one Björn Hucke. Uh We talked about him on our first episode because he was part of the wing. It was literally called the wing, der Flügel of the party, that was pushing it to be more right-wing. This is several years ago when it was this vague collection of anti-Euro stuff. Um, there was that other guy, Band Luca, who was one of the founders who was kind of for, who was forced out because he wasn't racist enough. To, um, so Bjorn Hucke, um, I would like to talk about, because he is a big element in this. He's the one with the photo showing. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you may have seen the photo of Hindenburg and Hitler shaking hands next to the photo of Kemal and Björn Hucke shaking hands. Um, yeah, that was pretty wild that that photo ended up like like those two photos side by side like went around German Twitter because Germans are very like um like uh like like liberal Germans are very he- hesitant to like be like oh this is not Nazi comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was really weird seeing that from like center left people in Germany being like yeah, this is this is that. But um, the thing that's also so interesting about Björn Höcke is that then, because we've had other, like like you were mentioning about, what's his name, Bernd Lücke? They all sound the fucking same. <laughs> um, what's her name, the other one? Falka uh, 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 Petri. Like, all these people, they came and went, you know? They did their rounds. Falka Petri did the most big baller thing of getting the AFD vote, leaving the party, staying in parliament under her own party, which I think is called Die Blauen now, if I'm not mistaken. But, like, she was clearly in it just to get, like, her own name recognition and now we've pretty much forgotten about her which is good maybe not good i don't know we'll see how that is but bjorn hook has been you know like day one out there you know doing his his racism yeah. former potential member of the npd which is the nazi party yeah that's what we found his home more than he can be accepted um history teacher yeah that means nothing <laughs> in germany and a holocaust denier yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll seem yeah really rich <laughs> yeah so he's he's been he's been making his rounds in the afd making his rounds in germany and has just been like probably the most present since like falka patri just disappeared yeah, other than you know. gauland he's probably the yeah, gauland because the he's the most depressing figure in german politics with yeah. his sad dog tie yeah, that he and you always wear you can read buzzfeed articles being like what's up with this guy's tie i hate those <laughs> <laughs> um, but and i know who you are who wrote it <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. No, I mean, he's on Twitter and stuff. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, like, you know the person. I was like, I'm so sorry. Um, so. Um, okay, first, everyone should get a... Stop what you're doing. Look uh, up what Bjorn Hooker looks like. Uh, he, he's like a more fascist Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> um, again, look it up. That's what he looks like. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, no action. Oh, that's upsetting. <laughs> I've never seen it. Like, since you said it, I can never unsee this. The, the one that they use for the Google search. Yeah, yeah, stops. exactly. Oh my God. Um, while I pull up his end, this was. This had, <laughs> What did you do to my brain? I'm sorry. Now it makes a lot more sense that Ellen DeGeneres, a.k.a. Bjorn Hooker, was at the Super Bowl with, or not the Super Bowl, was at some game with uh, George, George W. Bush. Yeah. She was campaigning for the AFD. Um, I, I honestly don't have all of the crazy stuff he's done and said readily in front of me. Uh, if anyone wants to do a quick shout out, a quick hits of, of what he said. Uh, yeah, he's a Holocaust denier. Um, yeah, he basically said that the attack on Dresden from the British people was against international law because it was mass murder. And yes, yeah. and, and just to go back to... Famously uh, something Germany wasn't doing. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, um, and if people remember uh, what happened in Chemnitz, was that just last year? I think it was oh, two years two ago. Two years ago? It's so mixed right. up. He was, he was one of the ones there, like, marching in the streets. Um, I, I actually thought about... It's, it's obviously not the same thing, but I thought about... Um, Charlottesville uh, a little bit when with the Turing coalition because Charlottesville it was it was terrible um, and you know a comrade uh, was killed by a fucking Nazi but it was also a sense that the far right like peaked too soon like you saw these people marching in the streets and I don't know what was going through their heads but they seemed to think like yeah, yeah we're about to launch our <laughs> they kept tr- like they coup kept, right now yeah they kept trying to do like a second unite the right and they all kind of like. Yeah collapsed hilarious which like. is uh, like good in the sense that it's good that they're <laughs> completely fractured and collapsed i don't know if the same will happen with the turing coalition but there's a sense at the far right they think like here we go <laughs> like we can we can get away with it now um and we can do the luckily election luckily uh so far it hasn't happened um so Bjorn hooker was yeah marching in the streets with uh with nazis in chemnitz um what I want to just, uh, he has the most right-wing opinions on every topic that you could think, you could look it up. What I want to talk about is something that was revealed last year, which was an analysis by, I hope I get the name right. Where is it? There. Uh, Claire, why is your phone just tabs of Bjorn <laughs> Um, No reason in particular. Um, so this is from... This is so handsome. So, so a journalist... I like Ellen. <laughs> a journalist named Andreas Kemper um, published in... I actually don't know what... Uh, in which um, newspaper or magazine it was. But um, they did analysis of someone who wrote for an NPD magazine called uh, by the name of Landolf Ladik. So for people who don't know, the NPD is the neo-Nazi party. Um, that was, there's always debates whether to ban it. Um, they were the off day before the off day. The off day, to some extent, is just a more, it's like a fresh coat of paint. Yeah, uh, there, was a, the there was the ruling on why they are not banned is because they are not big enough. They don't have enough members. And then there was the thing of everyone joining the NPD so they get banned, which is maybe not the best thing to tell Germans <laughs> to do. That's the classic. I mean, we're going to talk about our yeah. friends at the... Uh, Politische Schönheit in a minute, but that's like, <laughs> all right, guys. It's like people who vote NPD out of protest. Like, could yeah. you stop doing uh, that? I, you know, I, 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 I vote I vote NPD out of principle, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, at least, you know, um, I can respect. <laughs> <laughs> well, while, while we're on very German classifications, it does I just say, hate these, these, these hip hop NPD uh, voters, you know, with their, with their baggy pants and their flashy. fake Nazism being all flashy. Um, while like this is while we're talking about very German responses to fascism, it does say on Bernd Hooker's Wikipedia page that the German uh, court says he can be legally defined as a fascist. So there you go. <laughs> oh, if the German courts say it is so, we can say it and not get in trouble. You're allowed to say it now. <laughs> Bernd Hooker is a fascist. Um, okay. I like to think Bernd Hooker is also a fascist. I really. Oh, I'm so. I'm so. There's a list. <laughs> there's, a list. <laughs> like, there's an official document. Checking it twice. With his name on it being like fascists. Okay. <laughs> so there is a, a blogger. He, he goes to all of his homies like, yeah, bro, you, 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 you can call me. We're fine. Like, like <laughs> We're friends. There's a blogger by the name of Landolf Ladek. And this journalist found out uh, Landolf Ladek is Bjorn Hooker. This is... Um, I, I don't think we have time to go through all of the proof. Uh, I will put uh, links in the show description. He says, um, I am Bjorn <laughs> at the end of it. He writes a lot of uh, fascist stuff, if, shockingly, in this NPD magazine. So is this like Nazi Gossip Girl? Basically. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go through all of this. Um, literally, it's just stuff like the National Folks Movement needs to prepare for the coming revolution. Um yeah, we're, I think we're going to get into it in another episode. We've already gone kind of long. Just know that this is who we're talking about when we talk about the off day in Tuingen. It's the peak off day. Yeah, we, we've like we've mentioned this before that then the AFD always was like, especially within yeah, like I said, within like the East Germany, you know, uh, 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 groups of the AFD was always just kind of that place that then like, if you had these fringe political ideas in Germany or, you know, whatever it is, like, national, folkish, whatever bullshit, that this is the party that they very clearly all did flock to. It shouldn't... I don't know. I don't understand why then there's really still this, like, uh, um, hesitation from some people to then still call, like, to call this party what it is, you know, especially when you have a person who you can now legally call a fascist, who is the head of the party in a state in Germany, like... But before we finish, uh, we have to talk about the... So obviously this created quite a stir when this reporter came out. And it should be noted, obviously he denies it, but then in, a, in like a, under oath, he wouldn't deny it. Um, <laughs> basically, it, like some, in some legal context like that. Um, so yeah, this creates quite a stir. Everyone knows who Bjorn Hooker is. So, um, but some of the reactions show that sometimes German satire doesn't quite get... How to be satirized, satirical. how to be yeah. what it says it is. Um, our friends at the Zentrum Zentrum für, Poli Zentrum für Politische Schönheit, so the Center for Political Beauty, which has done nothing but these very out there, bizarre protest things, a lot we of gave which... gave them credit for the honeypot... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. No, no, they <laughs> they have they have done like I'm not I'm not I don't want to go over and say that they've that they've done oh it's just misleading stuff like they have done a lot of good stuff they have done stuff that is quite extreme and they have done a lot of stuff that I think ends up becoming quite problematic and this one is probably the most problematic because they made fake um, like election posters for the NPD with Lando Fladich on them so yeah. with. With Bjorn Hooker. And Bjorn Hooker's face. With Bjorn Hooker's face. And it just, it looks like an NPD poster. <laughs> and they put them up like they Got were him. real. And, and, and they put them up like, like they were real posters for an election. And I'm just wondering how many people saw that and they're like, yeah, like I'm going to vote for the. And like you, you, you buy t shirts that have the NPD logo on it. Yeah. Like, some, who the fuck would do that? Some Nazi Germany being like, I, I wondered what happened to him. Landoff, I always liked his stuff. 
<laughs> I mean, probably, yeah. And it, it, it just was very much not well thought out. And like, yeah, okay, Landorf, Ladisch, Björn Höcke are open Nazis. I mean, call it what it is. Um, that's not the way to address it. It's by then being like, under, more or less just kind of underwriting it, it would have looked like to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was like, it was very hard to see if the page was real or fake. Cool. I think, I think we can get into some, some plugs for the week. Um, first plug is that we have our first bonus Patreon episode out. Um, so if you donate to us and be real cuties, That'd be great. And then you can listen to that. We watched the movie about Irish ISIS, uh, the Boondock Saints. I hate movies now, all of them. Uh, we did it for a reason, I promise. We talk about Germany. <laughs> we talk about Ireland. Did we talk about Germany? Yeah. Oh, okay. We talk about Uwe Boll a bit, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, all the metal bands that take samples from yeah, yeah, Headhunters, yeah. the DJ. It's a good episode. Just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, looking back on it, it's a funny episode. While recording it, I did not think it was... I, I, I thought it was pure hell because I, with Kieran, thought that the movie was complete horseshit. Yes. The, but we did that with the help of two of the beautiful boys from Holla Holla Cast. And we... Holla 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 Cast. Yes. Yes. Uh, Triple... I think it's just HHH Cast yes, on the... on Twitter. On Twitter and I think in the podcast feed. Possibly. Um, check both. We'll if have you, the links in the If description. you speak German, check them out. They're good boys. I love them lots. They're big cuddly boys. Uh, the podcast is good, presumably. I don't speak German. No, no, it is. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can speak for... On, on, on behalf of, of the people who speak German. Right. Uh, last little two plugs are for me. If you're in Berlin and want to see a comedy show tonight, Monday, the 8th of February, come to Sauce near Gurley Park. Uh, it's a good show for uh, not straight white boys, except for me. I got a pass. <laughs> um, and then on the 26th of February, I am doing weird comedy, no jerks, don't at me. That will be fun. That is in the Greek quarter of Berlin, I've been told. Which, it is, yes. Yes, nice. Uh, which is... Really? In Neuko? Yes. Yeah. That bar, Du Beast, is a Greek bar. Okay. Yeah. Du Beast, that's where it is. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> uh, I, I will just say, I'm a good friend of Kieran, so I go to a lot of his shows to show his support. And uh, this uh, show is easily the best one. Yay! <laughs> it's because of everyone else there. And also, you're hosting, right? I am hosting. So, yes. you get, if you, even if you've seen Kieran before in, in Berlin, yeah. I am who knows what's going to happen? I am co hosting with Kate, which we will have on to talk about decolonialism, but she's also a stand up comic. <laughs> it's weird. And uh, thank you, Claire, for coming on. Sure, thank you. Uh, where can people find you on the internet if they want to hear your hot takes on shit? Sure, you can find everything I post under the Germany for Bernie handle on Twitter. Nice. Oh, do you run the, the Twitter? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. Same goes for Instagram, which is Germany for as a number for Bernie 2020. <laughs> and yeah, Facebook is just Germany for Bernie and you can also find a local group there. Nice. We'll have links to all that stuff in the description. And I have one more plug. Um, oh, yeah. I don't mean to get personal here, but my grandfather, Bernard Sanders, is running for president. <laughs> uh, I would really appreciate it if everyone could support him. It means a lot to him. It means a lot to me. Um, I have so many questions for you after we're done with this. <laughs> I'm just imagining that 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 photo was like I pop. I, I I bought pop pop over and I made him hamburgers. And no one else came over. That's how that just sounded right now. Except for we're you know I would we would all hang out with Bernie Sanders. Uh, yeah, call, text, donate if you can, post online. If you're an American citizen. If you're an American citizen. Send out posters in Germany to get out the vote for him. Yes, send posters around. Yeah. Nicht ich will. Yeah, and on that note, we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye-bye.